Hello, my fellow humans, my human fellas. Welcome to episode four of today's Stoics with me, Eddie, your host, and also your other host, Mr. Eric Martinez. This is a conversation, actually, it's a continuation of the conversation that we had um, on the reason, reasoning, uh, cognitive dissonance episode, episode three. This one's more about like thinking, train of thought. We do touch base on reason again. Um, we talk about some of the great things that you can pick up from a podcast if you're searching it, if it's something that you actually want to engage in. So I uh, hope you guys enjoy this. It's uh, not too horribly long, but uh, I, 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 like I said, I, I thought this was a great conversation. Um, I was disappointed to cut it all out, but I figured I'd throw it on for this week. All right. Talk to you guys at the end. Now, just a shout out to our sponsors. Hello, my fellow humans, my human fellas. Have you ever been interested in possibly doing real estate or becoming a real estate investor yourself? Maybe you doing a fix and flip or you have a property you want to sell. If you're in the Denver, Colorado area, you can contact Tim Holly at timholly.jparmodernre.com or text TBD to 720-664-4205. That's TBD to 720-664-4205. I never really thought about how I think. Yeah, that, and that's all question. I. That is all I you think know? about Eddie all day. I'm thinking about okay because I only have like one way of thinking. Literally, the only one way is like unsymbolized thinking, and everybody else has all these little mm-hmm. little tricks and, and magic abilities that they have, and I'm and I'm always thinking about that always. So 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 let's say you think of your because I know you have children. If you think of your children right now, do you do you see an image of them or you just know? what they look like because you're supposed to see like a if you try at least if you try to visualize them you're supposed to be able to see them in your mind yeah so when you when you ask that question um uh, so, so you can visualize pretty well head. you just don't you, you just don't use it a lot to yeah. Think. yeah well yeah i just that you just do it like i said like i don't really um, I have to be consciousness of when I'm thinking. <laughs> so that's, that's kind of a weird, that's a weird way to look at it. But yeah, no, I mean, I, I get it. Yeah. And then I, I think that's why for you is, is it's, it's almost like you're made for the things that you're trying to do. It, fe- you know it feels I mean? like it. Like, like being it. Yeah. I mean, you know, to be able to reframe and, and to build these thoughts and put them on paper, like it's, it's a, you know, not to get too, you know, spiritual about it. But you know, it feels like that purpose, way you know? because, and I'm glad it feels that way because if it feels that way, I believe it to be true. And that gives me motivation to keep going right. because I'm not trying to like convert people or anything, but I think that if, if more people try to get rid of all of these uh, social conventions because the only reason we believe the social reality, like, the, the, I mean, we could learn as much as we want about the world and see that some things are real, like radiation is real, regardless of, of what we think about it. If you're next to a radioactive isotope, you're going to get cancer or something, right? 
But right. money is not the concept of money is real because we all chose to, to believe it to be real. But if we all died, money would be worthless in reality, right? It wouldn't, it wouldn't, it's all subjective. So like, if we can just only like, right. control our thoughts to the point where we analyze them so well, we know why they're th- why we're thinking what we're thinking and we can somehow choose one of two states. I think that's what it is because people get caught up in like, for instance, like the abortion debate, right? For some people, automatically, abortion mm-hmm. is bad. It's killing a baby. For another person, automatically, abortion is good. It's giving a woman uh, the right to not have kids later in life, and et cetera. But there's all these people in the middle that are like, well, it's good in that case, but it's also bad in this case. And I once heard a story where this other person did it. Like, I rem- right. Now I'm remembering that story you told me of that guy that went, that went across state lines and said he paid like 800 bucks to kill his kid. Do you, I, don't know, I don't know if you remember that, but... Right. I remember the story now. And I was thinking, right. like, geez, that's like a hard thing to do. But he chose I mean it sounds callous, right, to say that. Like that but I don't I don't know him. Like he mm-hmm. chose to see it that way. He chose to he his his upbringing, his environment, his conditioning made him the person that feels bad about aborting his child. There are there are people out there that right probably don't care about it. they would see it like well at least it's over and done with now i can move on with my life this is a good thing right they, they he could have said that but he didn't right if i was you eddie at that point like listening to him tell the story past me would be like why is he telling me this does he want me to think that he's sad or is he really sad or what's going on because because whenever i used to uh, say I stuff like that Morton, because remember, my inner experience is very vague and very, it's non-existent. I, I don't, my brain is fucked up. It's weird. <laughs> so like, I can say like the most terrible things and not feel anything about it because the way the brain is wired. So whenever I would say things like that, right. it, was, it, was, it wasn't to manipulate the other person, but it was so that they didn't think of me as a bad person. Like I would have said, I'm real sad about this, mm-hmm. even though inside I'm just kind of ambivalent thinking about all the possibilities or something. Like I would have said something. Right. Uh, that is that is. I mean, that is, is a little bit of is, a manipulation. But it's, it, it's only because. <laughs> but I get what you're saying. You're not. You're not. It's not. It's not to get something from them. Intent. It's mostly because I don't want right. to seem weird. Right. It, it's a. It's like a selfish, personal. Right. I don't want to be an outcast. Oh, it's almost like a yeah. Well, it's almost mm-hmm. a, a survival so, mechanism. But, it sounds but like. now since I've changed um, my, I've decided that since we choose our interpretation of reality. Because remember, in the very beginning, my basis is that it's not really real anyway. It's what we make of it. It's, it's kind of a simulation. Right. Uh, I, I choose to see his uh, comment as true. Like, he really is sad. He really is hurt inside. He's not trying to trick me. He's not trying to convince right. me. I, I, shouldn't be, I shouldn't need to be convinced. Right. I should believe him. So when I believe him, that, that would have changed my whole experience of the story. And... So, so but I guess my, my, my main point is that like I'm trying to make myself uh, say things that are more honest because it's not that I couldn't have felt bad about that situation, for instance, but the reason that I said it isn't sincere. Like I wouldn't have like, – I, I probably would have felt bad, but, but whenever I speak, I know when I speak something's going to happen. And so I, I try to like, – I don't know if it's over years of just making myself say things because I read this book. Years ago, when I was uh, a young man, called the, it was about social engineering. 
And these motherfuckers, have you ever read any books about that before? Social engineering? They're good. Like they, yeah. they, they put on roles. They come up to people. They, and it, this whole, it's like a textbook and it teaches you exactly how to compile information, how to uh, manipulate people to tell you, into telling you things that they didn't want to reveal probably unless you wanted them to, how to get them to trust you, how to make friends, how to influence things. And, and so I use those right. techniques just as a way to get by, not to get anything, but just to make it easy. But, but I think yeah. that over time, since I've, it's kind of disturbed my mind in a way, in, in the sense that my interactions weren't pure. They were, they were never it genuine. They were genuine. Always, yeah. There was always a reason that I said it that way or this way. I always went over it like I shouldn't be angry. Right. But I think that I, now that I've started to believe people, because, you know, you start acting this way, you assume everybody else acts the same way. You assume that everybody else is saying right. what they're saying, not because they're hurt or whatever, or, or because they need something, but because they're playing a role. I don't know if it has to do with my empty, my empty, because my, my emptiness inside, like, I, I'm not, I'm not saying that to be like, Oh, look, I'm empty. I'm so sad. I'm not sad. I'm just, it's just like nothing. It's like, <laughs> I'm, like I'm, I'm not emo. There's, there's I'm nothing just, really there's going nothing. on. Like I, I'm laying around, <laughs> as long as I'm laying around and comfortable, I could be in jail right now and be completely happy. I'd be like, ah, it's at least I'm laying down. You know, it's like there's always a so quiet in so here. So quiet. Yeah. I, I could run this motherfucker. I'm a fucking. I could run this motherfucker. You know, you just start believing yourself, right? It's this theory that any environment you're in, right. because that's because because I'm so I have so much hubris that I'm trying to explain the nature of reality. I'm like, why are we conscious? What is the reason for us to be aware that we're eating, that we're moving around? And, and, and in my opinion, it's to be able to deal with any environment we happen to be in. And that's why humans are so good at reproducing like a virus, right? They adapt. They go anywhere and somehow they're born a blank slate and their culture gives them these artificial instincts and their parents give them these artificial instincts so that they can survive in whatever environment they are. Somebody living in Philadelphia, um, like on the west side or something, like – uh, jumping every time or, or uh, going prone every time they hear a gunshot living in the ghetto is going to have a different outlook than me who was born in Fort Worth, Texas, just, you know, chilling out with my mom. Uh, but, but then again, like I didn't have a dad growing up. Right. So somebody that had a dad to teach him all this stuff might've been less curious. You know, I, I probably would have already, well, already know all this. My dad taught me all this. Right. But you kind of have to teach. You kind of have to teach yourself, right? <laughs> so you had to be in somebody like me that's kind of weird and weird-brained, and I just think it's fun, man. Just to think, what are the possibilities? It's either good or bad, one or zero, right? It's like a computer simulation. If we just, right. if like my phone is either good or bad in any moment. Right now, it's good because it's letting me talk to you. Uh, Tomorrow will be bad because I have to pay its bill, right? And I don't want to have to pay bills. Phones are bad. But we can choose our outlook. And if we can do that, we can shape our reality. And as long as we believe in ourselves, we can basically do anything that our body allows. Like, I, I'm not going to be able to say, oh, I'm a fucking great basketball player. I'm going to go practice and I'm going to join the NBA. I can't because I'm not seven feet tall. I, I, don't, have all of the, I don't have the muscles. I don't have the physical uh, stuff. But... No, the the thing about that too is that y you could say that and you could go pursue that dream 
nothing's stopping you from doing that. Now, is it going to yeah. be severely difficult and really, really hard compared to somebody <laughs> who is seven foot tall and has been playing for the last 30 years? And, and thank Probably, you, Eddie. You, you just know, made me refine my ideas because my main thesis is that we create, we construct our reality in our mind almost like a, like a simulation because uh, we get information from with our senses, like our eyes see the photons, our ears hear the, uh, the vibrations of the air molecules. Uh, we feel stuff. We have a somatosensory cortex, which allows us to touch and feel. But we have all these senses. But the main thing is, is that we don't all have the same senses. For instance, I'm colorblind, right? So I can't see certain colors. But to me, what looks red to you looks red too. But we're both seeing different things. But to both of us, it's still red. Right. Now, apart from that, we also have a physical body, which also interacts with the environment to change it. So my main, uh, my main, my main binge is, is saying that, oh, we have to control our muscles. We have to constantly be observing our muscles and what they're doing and believing in what they're doing. We can't, like, we have to believe uh, according to what we've been taught that it's good, that it's, on the, it's preferable. So, so I've been, I've been walking around like a robot for weeks, talking to people, believing them and believing in myself. And I feel like a million bucks. It's really weird. No, that was, that was one of the things that, uh, you know, that outside of being able to work on our own communication skills, um, being able to converse with people openly, tell them our feelings and be able to digest those, you know, through other people. Is all the, the what I really when 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 I think of podcasts as a whole, the concept is this is what I expect for me anyway. When I go to a podcast, when I listen to a podcast, I want to learn and attain something to 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 be able to get there. Like with you, I you know cognitive reframing. You were the first person that ever told me that, and I listened to a podcast yesterday, and they said that again, and I was like, <laughs> oh, hey. <laughs> I already know about this. Like, uh, you know, and then, you know, through my own studies of, of Buddhism and now Stoicism, I think what people, like what we were talking about with reason, I think what people need to do is the reason that we are so special, the only reason that humans stand apart, whether you believe in God or not, is because we have the ability to look at a situation and try to fight off cognitive dissonance and, and, and veer away from fight or flight and make a conscious choice about this situation and reassess and define whether it's good or bad. So I think, you know, having the belief that, you know, all life is important and having the belief that we should be here for each other and for our family as in the human family you know, for those kind of things, if you can weigh that against, use your reasoning to weigh that against decisions that might come up to you. I think we can make, uh, I, I really do believe that, you know, podcasts can change the world. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that, that's, that's a real, yeah, I mean, it's real thing. Information, so. right? Like I remember hearing things from people and that have changed me. Like they just make you look at something completely differently. And that's all it takes. That's it t- all it takes. Like I, I remember. Uh, do you remember? Yeah. I know you. You were into conspiracies back in two thousand. Probably like, I was in the navy still, so probably two thousand seven or eight. 
I watched this documentary called Loose Change. Have you seen that one? Dude, oh, that yep. thing fucked Good. me up. I like that one. <laughs> Dude, I thought for sure. I was like, George Bush is so evil. He just killed so many people. I was like, <laughs> and I was wor- I was in the Navy. I was on a ship. And I was like, damn, I'm going to get on a ship. Like, working uh, yeah. And now. And- yeah, loose change. I could just imagine seeing that. While you're, you know, a little more pliable yeah, in the like, head, and it's it was crazy. And, uh, it got uh, me. That'd and, be a rough and, one. And, and I remember at the time thinking, well, the United States uh, had an inside job, but I'm sure they had their reasons. And I, I, whatever I was thinking to get over it, to keep going to work, I, I wasn't you were justifying really, it. But it was more like, <laughs> but, but I, I definitely thought it was true. I thought for sure that uh, 9/11 was an inside job. You know what? That that right. Well, if you Again, this is how those work, right? They take data points of information and they piece them all together. And if you look at it through that light and you look at how that was set up, there's a lot of information in there. You're like, some of this shit just doesn't add up right. What what did the U.S. do wrong? Because something definitely did not pan out right. And I, one of the things that slowly I've been getting over that one because that one messed <laughs> me up for a while too. And uh, I've been slow because because there are some weird things that happened with that. Well, for starters, Edward Snowden was on uh, Joe Rogan and he talked about what, you know, I worked in the same building as that guy once. Yeah. When I was in the Navy, I worked at, I worked uh, before he was, before he was was all infamous. I worked at a place called Kunia, uh, KRSOC, the Kunia regional SIGINT operations center. That's if you watch that movie, Snowden, he Uh goes underground in Hawaii. That's where I worked. I worked. I worked in that area, uh-huh. and it's not. It's nothing like that. Oh wow! Yeah. Thanks for, uh, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I had to say <laughs> that I, I met that that dude once. Yeah, yeah. But he was just talking about the 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 um, the intelligence agencies and how they just they were they all wanted to be the person to catch this these terrorists. So they weren't. They weren't sharing information, but they were all had little ops going on in different spots trying to catch it. But if they had all shared their information together, they would have stopped it. That's why they all had this information but didn't act on it. It's because the things they did have, they didn't want to share it with anybody else because they yeah, and you can see that nefariously if you want. You'd be you like, know? Well, it was a, it was a conspiracy. But and, and then like with the, the yeah, nanothermite yeah. stuff but, that, that fucked me up because and there was this lady on one of the documentaries. She's like, "You just have to really, you just have to look at the evidence. There's nanothermite here. Look at the look at the microscopic evidence." I'm like, "Damn it, they have evidence!" And I'm, I was like going crazy. Yeah, and I don't even like. There's some weird things about like I saw. So one of the things they talked about that in that in that movie too was the the 45 degree angle cuts in the mm-hmm. in the steel structures, and how the um, you know that's how they when they demolish a building that's how they how they cut it down and that's what they're talking about the thermite and i was watching a news special one day and they had they had a newscaster standing at, at one of those pillars and in the video you can see there's a fucking cut like an angled cut in there and i'm like man that that's that's crazy like <laughs> like something something definitely there's you know there are tidbits of information that are factual in those in those videos, so I I get where the belief might might fall, like for for people that that believe into that stuff. But again, it, you look at you ever see the South Park episode? No, is it the good? Nine Eleven. 
so basically the whole episode they think that the government's involved right so they're the kids are trying to prove that that you know the the government uh 9-11 was an inside job so they're going around and and every time they turn a corner or something you see bush um you know sticking his head out of a book like he'll be in a shrub somewhere and he'll stick his head out or or you'll see uh cheney or you know and they were uh, by the end of the show you know they, they 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 catch they prove that they did not in fact have anything to do with it and they go why are you guys always skulking around us he's all well we we just liked having the the moniker of being a nefarious evil government and we wanted people to be scared of us so we want we just kept going with it <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like that skit like you know? that skit where uh, but there's a button that, that cheney pushes and he starts speaking in the oval office and it's just uh, it's bush going like god is that you i'll do anything you say it's it's maybe he did it <laughs> i mean that, but but see see this gives right. me this gives me uh uh this helps me though like see i'm i'm, I'm always constantly looking at things in a good light so like remember because of my my training so it's like i'm thinking like well if loose change could convince me with this slick uh present presentation of evidence and the narrative and the uh you know just the whole the whole package i can construct a package for myself in my mind to convince myself of things that are good so like i can truly like for instance this morning my wife yelled at me for something i think it was because i didn't clean up something i'm like a little kid sometimes i just don't notice things like that and she's like you need to clean up and then she she took it too far she's like you're this and you're that and then I was like, oh. and then I was thinking, it's good that she's telling me that. And, and I didn't believe it because I, I felt offended, right? I felt unjustly uh, told something. And I hate right. that feeling. You're like, like, that's not true. And, and that's what, where I get this idea where uh, uh, we just want to be believed. I wanted her to believe that I wasn't this sloppy, childlike person that doesn't pick up after himself. Right. But she believes that I am right. and I have to accept it. So there's either two, two states here. I can either kind, I can either be a child or I can do my job and, and do what I have to do. And that itself is just an example right. of the cognitive reframing. Right. So I didn't yell back or do anything back, but an older, a younger version of me definitely would have taken the bait and started fighting and mentioned things that I don't like about her right. or mentioned things that I don't like that she does yeah start digging into personal things but that, that doesn't help right you. so yeah, definitely. what i what i've done no. is just you know just start this practice and and from now on i'm just going to think back if you think that you can't believe if you can't make yourself believe something a little bit crazy think back to that documentary called loose change back in 2008 when you were watching it and you were just losing your mind <laughs> just, oh, I was, it was crazy i remember that one uh-huh. but so right yeah one of one of one of the no, things, I was gonna ask. Oh, like, you used to be into the, you used to do like conspiracy theory podcasts. No, I did a few um, just episodes, but they were more in the lines of of um, they're they're I want to say they were they in the, they were in the first season, I believe, but uh, they were more in the lines of um, yeah, because would actually no, it would have been the second season because it was right around. I started doing it because when people were saying that the five G mm-hmm. caused coronavirus, 
um, that's when I got into the whole 5G thing because I knew the science behind the 5G. Like I, I've been looking at the science for a long time. Like I'm, mm. I'm, I'm a techie. So, you know, I was kind of excited about it. And, and then when, you know, people started saying, oh, it's this and this and that. I'm like, no, what are you talking about? Show me what you're talking about. And I could actually prove to them where their logic was, was, was wrong. There, there, there are probably people in this world that are complete, completely malevolent. Whether or not, um, I think it's kind of few and far between, but it doesn't oh, mean I, they Oh, I definitely exist. believe they exist. Because and, remember, according to my, my crazy theory, yeah. if you can be completely good, you can be completely bad, but at the same time be, but at the same time be good. Oh, yeah. Because according to you, yeah, you're never wrong. You're because good. to them, yeah. life is meaningless. Uh, morality is relative. I can murder and kill whoever I want because the only reason that they say it's wrong is because they've been lied, lied to. We're actually animals. There's no cause or rhyme or reason for the universe. Nothing is good or bad. Yeah. Fuck it all. I, I, burn it down. Yeah. I'll do whatever I want. Like there's right. people. There's people burn it like all down. that. <laughs> yeah. And and a part of me almost kind of admires yeah. people like that that are just like so willing to believe that they're right. And I think maybe that's why the Stoics have those lines. According to the Stoics, it was everybody had their place. Like there was no, like uh, everybody had an equal amount of reason in their mind. Like they could all use reason, but we were all like parts of a body. Like the head would not be worried about the hand and the hand wouldn't be worried about the foot. They're all doing their part, right? So they didn't think you should treat everybody good or they, they thought you should treat everybody exactly as they deserve to be treated. So that's a big difference, right? <laughs> right. So they justified, yeah, they justified, they justified their treatment of people. And, and that's, and I get that too. Like I said, like, you know, and, and that's the way of the times, right? Like you look at, you look at how people fundamentally come to a conclusion and it's like, well, you've got this upper class group of philosophers that, that, like I know Seneca was rich, obviously Marcus Aurelius was rich, you know, that's, um, I'm not too far into a lot of them, but odds are that these people were in the upper echelons of society and they just sat around and talked about these ideas. And you get one guy that's really popular that says that, you know, you're supposed to treat people below you this way and they're going to go out of their way to treat people that way. And it's, it's, it's really good that you said that it's part that they're like products of their time because we, that's what we all are. Like even like I have a uh, a stepdaughter. She's seventeen. She is really woke. You know, like she's like super into pronouns and calling people with their pronouns. Like, and, and I told her I don't understand, and she like basically ridiculed me because I don't get it, or or that or that I, I that I just because uh, <laughs> calling somebody them and they is hard for me. It's really hard. But it just it's just her environment. It's just the environment that has shaped your perceptions and at once shaped what you perceive. So you're, depending on what your uh, neuroanatomy has allowed you and your body's allowed you, what your wealth has allowed you, right? You experience the world, you take the truth from it, and you try to live truthfully. And when you don't live truthfully, you right. start feeling like you're not living up to your own expectations of what it is to be truthful to believe in yourself and and i think that if we we can all religions and all of these philosophies kind of uh delve into this aspect of uh 
of self-acceptance. Like, am I doing the right thing or not? Is the world right or is it not? And like, for instance, when I watched that Loose Change documentary, I for sure thought the world is not right because this shouldn't have happened and uh, George Bush shouldn't have done that. You know, like at the time I thought that. And then, but at the same time, I was working for George Bush. He was my commander in chief, right? I was a sailor. So I was like, am I doing something right or wrong? And that made me feel badly because I wasn't, because I already knew this truth that, uh, quote, 9-11 was an inside job, which I don't believe anymore. You know, unquote, hardly kind of believe, but well, a minute. But you know, so like, <laughs> mostly kind of sort of. You know, mostly. Like, yeah. Give me some more evidence. And, uh, if, if there's, I'll sign something. I'll sign something for you. <laughs> so it's like, it's like I still, I still kind of know that that's like a weird thing. That I still kind of like, I can't shake that, that weird feeling because of the evidence that they present. It's so compelling. But with every movement now that I've started to really analyze why are we happy? Why are we unhappy? It's only because we're only happy when we do things that we truly believe are right. And if, if the, the secret to happiness and stoicism dwells into this a lot is that you have to take what you get by chance, which is your body, including your brain, because some people are more intelligent than others. And that, that's just true. We're not all exactly as intelligent. We just don't have the same amount of neurons or synapses. We come into the world. We perceive our environment. Hopefully, it's a good environment, as in you get support to learn. If you can learn from your environment, it's already a good environment. If nobody teaches you anything, if everybody's like, uh, like, like I, neglect is what I think hurts most children. As long as you're learning every day, I think that you're doing good. So, and you can change your perspective. That, I guess that's my point. I'm rambling here, but learn everything. Like, use your body as best you can. Believe in yourself. Believe in other people. And try to learn how to change your perspective. And I think that it's going to help anybody with anything and just live a better life. Absolutely. I think, I, I think uh, having that, again, back to the focus of the podcast, I guess, the, the reason to be to be able to not and this mm-hmm. is kind of mixing stoicism with buddhism again but applying mindful thought to what you're thinking you know like we we are humans are so emotionally reactive that we don't stop for a second and ask ourselves why do why are why are we upset why do we feel this way what is it that's making us feel this way if you can do that that's when i think you can truly access the the logos you know the the when when you can actually go in and look at yourself from the inside rather than or view yourself from a third perspective you know while you're having this conversation rather than just react you know being completely reactive to it i think you can you can use that reason to justify the only reason they think that's bad is because they grew up as white uh, Anglo-Saxon Protestants, or they grew up as uh, ghetto Mexican gangbangers like me, or something. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just their environment. Right. They have no choice to believe what they believe because their environment basically forced that onto them. So, right? Yeah, you just you, you're not given the opportunity yeah. to question your existence. That's that, then that's yeah. definitely you're you're entirely built on a reactionary and that's most people especially in the ghetto that's why you got uh I forgot the word is but where where people recommit crimes over and over again 
because they're in and out of the system. And it's just because it's completely reactionary. You have no control to even give yourself the opportunity. It's, it's only what they would consider the affluent and get the ability to actually even virtue into altruism. You know, it's not, I would have never thought coming up growing up that I would have ever considered myself either a philosopher or a warrior in the garden. You know, that that's just not somebody that, that I would have pictured myself as, but as, as, as growing up has led most people to, 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 you know, to search for enlightenment and search for better ways to do things, you know, that this happens to so be my path. And, and I, I'll, I'll accept that fully. And, and, and I'm glad that I've been given the opportunity to be able to reanalyze my thoughts on a, on a regular basis versus having to just simply. Survive. Yeah, that's true. It's, it's luxury, isn't it? Like to have the luxury of thinking, why am I doing this instead of I have to do this to eat or I have to do this to survive. So right. I guess we're, 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 we're like the yep, real privileged absolutely. people, the people that can actually analyze ourselves, but everybody else is just, Running around on a treadmill. Or I think so. <laughs> <laughs> it's all those. What, uh, what I tell you, those really Little fit, good-looking, good dumb, dumb motherfuckers. motherfuckers. <laughs> Don't never get it. Don't ever get it. <laughs> Don't get it. Eh? Eh? What do you think? Come on, give me some feedback. Let me know what you're thinking. Thought it was a good conversation. I thought uh, I love talking to Eric. He's got such a unique way of, of interpreting, you know, how people look at things. And mostly it's, you know, it's obviously anecdotal. It's based on his, his perception. He has a second podcast that he runs called the SDAM podcast or S SDAM severely deficient audio audio biographical memory. <laughs> um, it's a tongue twister. But, um, he, that he basically talks about with other people that kind of think in the same way that he does. Um, one of the episodes I listened to was with a dude named Brett. If you get a chance to listen to his podcast, check it out. Uh, highly recommend it. That dude, Brett was pretty interesting as well. He had, uh, he's been going through, um, psychiatry, um, or seeing a psychiatrist or whatever and working on certain exercises to help what he was talking about empathy maybe maybe empathy will be our next uh topic on even though i don't think it's really a stoic thing you know showing emotion we'll see what eric has to say about that thanks again for listening this is uh today's stoics episode four off of the tbd podcast network thanks again guys see you next thursday with a tbd it's a podcast thing be with eric martin he is a drummer videographer out of Denver, Colorado. Thanks again, and uh, talk to you next week.